Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, from the arts to sports and from business to history and everything in between, including your stories. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. That's OurAmericanStories.com. And our next story comes from our regular contributor, Kent Nurburn. Kent is the author of Letters to My Son, A Father's Wisdom on Manhood, Life, and Love which is a compilation of letters written to his own son 
should Kent not live to see him into manhood? Today, Kent shares with us another one of his lessons. It's called Craig's Lesson. Most young people I know, and many who are older, live in a quiet crisis of identity about their place in the world. Some, especially young women, spend their lives submerging their interests into the interests of others until they are not sure whether they have any identity at all. Others, very often young men, try desperately to impress others by parading their accomplishments and sense of self-importance in an attempt to make themselves seem somehow whole and finished. Still others of both sexes spend their time passing a brittle judgment on others they perceive as different or lesser than they are in an attempt to establish their own identity at the expense of others. At the heart of each is the fear that someone else might pass judgment on who they are and that they will be unmasked or found out for the uncertainty that is at their core. When I was younger, I was as played with this fear as anyone else. Often I would dare not to act for fear of someone judging me. Other times, I forced myself into the center of discussions in a pitiful attempt to make sure I was recognized for everything I thought or did. I excluded others. I demeaned others. I pointed out their weaknesses and inconsistencies as a way of raising myself by lowering those around me. Sometimes I was aware of it. Other times, I was not. It took a chance comment by a friend of mine long after I had reached adulthood, before I could begin to lift myself out of the uncertainty that surrounded my sense of self. Craig was a close friend of mine. He was one of those people who brought energy and life into any room he entered. He had an uncanny ability to focus his entire attention on you while you were talking so you suddenly felt more important and more responsible than you had before he started listening. He made you better by being around him. People loved him. He and I went to graduate school together. We had a lot in common. We both were having women troubles. We both were seekers. We both were perhaps too aware of our own foibles for our own good. But he lived in the sunlight of the spirit, while I lived under a full moon. We were like mirrors to each other, revealing dimensions of our being that otherwise we never would have seen. One sunny autumn day, we were sitting in our study areas, half talking and half working on some now-forgotten projects for our graduate degrees. I was staring out the window when I noticed one of my professors walking across the parking lot. He had been away all summer, and we had not parted on good terms. I had taken great offense at some suggestion he had made, and had, in turn, given great offense in my answer. We had not seen each other since that day. Damn it, I said to Craig, I don't want to see him. Why not? Craig asked. I explained what had happened the previous spring. We left on bad terms, I said. Besides, the guy just doesn't like me. Craig walked over and looked down at the passing figure. I think you got it wrong, he said. You're the one who's turning away and you're just doing that because you're afraid. He probably thinks you don't like him, so he's not acting warm toward you. People are like that. They like people who like them. If you show him you're interested in him, he'll be interested in you. 
go down and talk to him. Craig's words smarted. I walked tentatively down the stairs into the parking lot. I mustered my best smile and warmest feelings, and greeted my professor and asked how his summer had been. He looked at me, genuinely surprised at my warmth, and put his arm over my shoulder. We walked off talking. Out of the corner of my eye, I could see Craig at the window, smiling broadly. It was so simple, yet I had never seen it. I was coming to all my encounters with a fear that others were judging me, when, in fact, they were afraid I was judging them. We were all living in a fear of being judged by the other, while the empty space between us was waiting to be filled by a simple gesture of honest caring. People like people who like them. Those words allowed me to see the world through new eyes. Instead of seeing judgment in the eyes of others, I saw need, not deep yawning need, but the simple human need to be noticed and cared about. I began to realize that most people were not waiting to judge the adequacy of my actions. They were waiting for the chance to share something about themselves. Craig knew this. He basked in people as if basking in sunlight. Their lives warmed him and they loved sharing themselves with him. That was what made him so special. From that day forward, I turned my life around. It was not easy. I still spent too much time fearing the judgment of others and I still got hurt when arrogant people took advantage of my openness and used it either to laugh at me or to demean me. But I found that by taking the chance and liking other people, the world opened up before me. I discovered a world of people I would never have known had I kept only to my own interests. Car mechanics, cashiers, crazy people, thieves, all had their stories to tell. The wealthy, the poor, the powerful, and the lonely, all were as full of dreams and doubts as I was. Farmers talked to me about tractors, Scientists spoke to me about atoms. I learned what it is like to grow up on the Australian coast, and I learned how it feels to pack boxes all day long. If you are the one who reaches out, if you are the one who dares to like people, the walls around you will fall away. And great job on that, Monty. A special thanks to Kent Nurborn. He's the author of Letters to My Son, A Father's Wisdom on Manhood, Life, and Love. Kent Nurburn's story, Craig's Lesson, here on Our American Stories. Folks, if you love the great American stories we tell and love America like we do, we're asking you to become a part of the Our American Stories family. If you agree that America is a good and great country, please make a donation. A monthly gift of $17.76 is fast becoming a favorite option for supporters. Go to OurAmericanStories.com now and go to the Donate button and help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. This is Our American Stories, and our next story is about a gem. It turns out diamonds haven't always been rare stones. Since 1870, when huge diamond mines were discovered in South Africa, soon after that discovery, the British financiers behind the South African mining effort realized the diamond market would be saturated if they didn't do something about it. 
1888, they set two audacious goals. One, monopolize diamond prices by creating De Beers mines. De Beers would then be able to stabilize the market by creating both the supply and the demand for diamonds worldwide. Tom Zollner is a journalist and professor who lives in Los Angeles. He wrote the book, The Heartless Stone, A Journey Through the World of Diamonds, Deceit and Desire. Here's Tom with the story of that journey. My name is Tom Zollner, and when I was 32 years old, I entered into what is a fairly common rite of passage for a man in America. I asked somebody to marry me, and I gave her a diamond engagement ring because that's just what you were supposed to do. And I knew very little about diamonds. Um, I studied up on it as best I could, uh, which wasn't very deep. Um, and I learned that there's this tradition out there that you're supposed to spend two months of your salary as a benchmark, sort of a sliding scale for uh, what's expected. And I wanted to do what was expected. So, um, I figured out what I could afford, and uh, I bought a, uh, her name is Anne, was Anne, I bought her a diamond ring. Uh, I say was because the engagement broke up, and I was uh, made the owner of a used diamond ring. And I learned, wow, there's really not a lot to do with this. Um, I didn't want to let go of it for emotional reasons, and I also learned if I was just going to sell it back on the used market that there really is no used market. And as the ring just sort of sat there in the back of my closet, I began to wonder more and more about it, and it might have been a way of channeling the grief over the lost relationship, but... I began to look into diamonds in a way that was a little bit deeper and a little bit different than uh, than I did when I was researching what to buy. I wanted to know, well, where did this come from? And so this took me on uh, what you might call a quest. It lasted for 18 months, and in that time, I went to 16 different countries on the globe to try and understand where diamonds come from and why we hunger for them. So I'll tell you just a little bit about uh, where I went. First, I went to a place called the Central African Republic, which is a diamond-producing nation at the heart of Africa. It's one of the poorest countries on the globe. It produces, uh, it ranks number 10 in terms of diamond production among all countries, and yet uh, it is uh, poverty of some of the worst kind, political instability of some of the worst kind. And those two things, unfortunately, go together. I went out to the backcountry and learned how diamonds are mined for guys who are making less than uh, a dollar an hour to uh, comb through the soil, very dangerous work, uh, sometimes in violent conditions to find uh, these uh, pieces of carbon which are brought up to the earth's surface through uh, these volcanic tubes of what's called the kimberlite. And so you find them in the river bottoms. It's some of the most primitive mining imaginable. And uh, some of these diamonds emerging from such miserable conditions still find their way to uh, the U.S. market. I went to Angola, another uh, nation in Africa, of course, uh, which has been racked with, uh, had been racked by civil war, largely funded through the, the smuggling and the sales of diamonds. Uh, I went to India, which is the... Headquarters, uh, the the state of the Indian state of Gujarat, 
uh, polishes the majority of diamonds uh, in the world. And I saw the conditions in some of these factories where child labor is used to uh, get the diamonds into the glittery shape that uh, Westerners have expected. Uh, I went to Russia to uh, see the birthplace and still the, uh, the headquarters of the synthetic diamond industry, a way that uh, machines have been built to recreate the, the, the heat and the pressure and the Earth's mantle that create the diamonds in the first place. And then I took a long look at the marketing history of the diamond. Um, the way that uh, these shiny pebbles have been sold uh, to Western consumers through the genius, and I say that word uh, with a certain amount of respect, but also advisedly, the genius of the corporation called De Beers Consolidated Mines, which uh, cornered the market in South Africa uh, in the uh, 1890s, thanks to the... Uh, the scheming of an Oxford graduate named Cecil Rhodes, for whom the Rhodes Scholars are, are named. Uh, Cecil Rhodes founded uh, the De Beers Corporation and, and, and hit upon the insight that the way that you create high prices uh, for, these, uh, for these little minerals is that you just simply create artificial scarcity in the market, which is uh, what he did and what De Beers continues to uh, try and accomplish, even though it no longer dominates the market as it did today. So it was not only a hive of artificial scarcity, it was also a, a, a marketing factory. Uh, it was the De Beers Corporation that created this idea out of whole cloth, an invented custom that a young man is supposed to spend two months of his salary on his sweetheart's engagement ring. That turns out, it, it sounds like something from Charles Dickens, but it's actually a, uh, a complete marketing fable. And it was also out of the De Beers uh, Idea Factory with the help of a New York ad agency called J. Walter Thompson. Uh, th this idea of the eternity of a diamond, the poetry surrounding this trinket. Um, I looked back at some of the ads that were created in the in the Great Depression to uh, convince American men that this is what they needed to do, just to spend money even in the midst of a depression. And the ads all centered around the idea of temporality and of mortality and of the idea that this diamond is going to survive you. It, it, it's almost rather morbid. But this was a successful advertising strategy, and it was out of this notion that your diamond will last beyond you that the, that the brilliant uh, slogan was coined, a diamond is forever. The diamond engagement ring. How else could two months' salary last forever? A diamond is forever, De Beers. So... Just to give respect where respect is due, there, there is something chemically unique about a diamond. It's, uh, as it goes on the Mohs scale of density, it is a 10 out of a 10 scale. Almost no other mineral, in fact, no other mineral, has the ability to slow down light uh, within the chamber of uh, its interiors. This is why a diamond sparkles so well. Uh, the speed of light at... 186,000 uh, miles per second has slowed down to 77,000 miles per second within a diamond, which is why it sparkles. And when you polish it and 
a particular configuration. The uh, the effect is is is, is really dazzling. I'm, I, I have no issue with that. Um, but to slow down the light, um, in some ways, is a metaphor for the diamond itself. It is a uh, a chamber of slow light and emptiness because at the heart of the diamond, which was my conclusion, is mythology. The mythology that society has spun around it and the individual mythologies that we put around diamonds. The story we tell about them, which is in fact in its most prominent feature, the story of our engagement. The story of our marriage. One of the most mysterious and frightening and lovely and potentially heartbreaking things that we get to do. The genius of De Beers and the diamond industry was that it was able to set up a toll booth right at the entrance to this adventure. And this, for me, is the true legacy of the diamond. And at the heart of the the book uh, that I wrote called The Heartless Stone. And you've been listening to Tom Zollner, journalist and professor who lives in Los Angeles. His book, The Heartless Stone, the story of the diamond, here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER this is it your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, 
Oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we continue with our American stories. And up next, we have the story of Charmian Kittridge London, brought to us by author Iris Jamal Dunkel. Dunkel is a teacher at Napa Valley College in California. She has loved Jack London ever since she went on a field trip to Jack London State Park when she was in middle school. This field trip sparked within her a desire to make writing her life. Here's Faith with the story. Jack London, best-selling American author, is known for his adventure stories, such as Call of the Wild and The Sea Wolf, along with his popular short story To Build a Fire. But he was not only famous for his writings. During his time, he was truly a celebrity. He was known for his world travels and his adventures and boat trips around the globe. But what many people do not know is that London was hardly a solo traveler. Many of his trips, he was accompanied by his second wife, Charmian Kittredge London. We have known very little about Charmian. It's only as of 2020 that the first full-length biography on Charmian Kittredge London was published by Iris Jamal Dunkel. We come to find that she herself was a writer and adventurer, and so much more than just Jack London's wife. Here is author Iris Jamal Dunkel and how she came across Charmian when she was looking through a book of poems and found a very famous picture of Jack London. The picture of Jack London on the hillside, on his horse, he's actually on Sonoma Mountain. And it said, taken by Charmian Kittredge London. And I had seen that photo a million times in my life. In fact, it's at the park, at Jack London State Park. It's on the garbage cans. And so it's so familiar to me, but I had never thought to think, who took that photo? And so I immediately reached out to Jack London scholars um, with whom you know I corresponded all the time. And I said, did you know that Charmian took this photograph? And they said, well, I never really thought to ask that question. And that's where I was like, oh, wow. Well, what else haven't we asked? And so I went back to Charmian's life and tried to figure out why was her story not told correctly? And the answer came in researching the story of how she met Irving Stone, who wrote, ended up writing a biography about her and Jack London called Sailor on Horseback. And she thought he just wanted to write a biography about Jack. She got visitors all the time who wanted to do that. He came into her life and just totally seduced her, acted like she was a, a complete intellectual. He adored her work. She'd written a biography on Jack London herself. 
he said it was the best he'd ever read. He took her out dancing. And it turns out that through this kind of seduction, he got her to sign away her legal rights to her story. He made her think that they would be collaborating on this story, but because she signed away her legal rights and he actually did not like her at all, when you start to read his letters, you start to see this, he wrote this horrible version of Charmian in his biography. A biography, it's actually a fictional biography because of the license he took in the stories he told. And he, he wrote that and Charmian was so mad about her, his violation of her trust that number one, she burned many of her documents, including some of her early diaries, where she talked about what it was like to be a woman in the late 1800s, a woman who was college educated, a woman who was you know, driven to find a career. She burned those because he didn't understand it. He thought because she didn't get married and, and had different people who she dated, that she must be a, you know, a loose woman, you know, instead of like, she knew if she got married, she'd lose her job because that's the way it worked back then. And so she burned those diaries. She also locked everything away in the Huntington Library. And at that point, what that did when his book came out and started saying these things like she was an airhead, she, you know, really slandered her, her husband's name, made it worse for him, was jealous, didn't care about anything except fashion, which is all false lies. Because of that, and because she had locked down the files, the version that he published of her stuck for the next 80 years. And it wasn't until scholars like Clary Stas and myself were able to dig back into that content and unearth who she really was that the public is really getting to know her again. And so even at the park, Jacqueline Estate Park, things were telling a different story than how they really were. So it's important to know who she really was. Um, and that's where the book begins is with that, that question. Charmian's family moved across the country following the gold rush and started their lives in California where Charmian was born. They were the picture of the American West. Unfortunately, at the young age of five, her mother passed away, and she was left with her father, which wouldn't last long. One day, her Aunt Tissy came into her, her dad's boarding house and found Charmian was propped up on the bar. She's five years old, talking to all the people who'd come into the bar, right, to swap, to listen to their stories. But her aunt was like, this is no way to raise a lady. She and Netta, Nanetta, who ended up raising Charmian, sent her away to Oakland um, to be raised by her aunt. And that's when Charmian started to really come into her own. Fast forward several years in when Charmian is 14 years old, her father came up to visit. And during that, he felt ill. What happened was, they sent Charmian out on an errand and they said, you know, go get this medicine. But when she came back, she came back to an empty bed, her father had died and they had removed his body and she never got to say goodbye to him. And so it was a loss that was really hard for her to get over because of that. And afterwards, she became fiercely independent. She learned shorthand. She got a job working at um, Mills College, got her education, and finally met like-minded people, these intellectual women. Because Mills College uh, was one of the first schools on the, on the West Coast to uh, west of the Rockies to open up for women. Then she became a stenographer and she had, she worked for one of the largest shipping firms in San Francisco. She had an assistant that reported to her. She had purchased her own horse. She had a maid that cleaned her house. I mean, she was very successful and very confident. 
and she dated a lot of guys during this time. All her dating and socializing would soon bring her to meet the best-selling author Jack London, changing the course of her life. They met through her aunt, who at the time was a writer and editor for the Overland Monthly. Jack London was not snazzy when he was young. He he would look like a sailor. He had a bow-legged walk, you know, and he didn't really get fashion quite yet. I mean, he was a very handsome man, but she was like, at first she's like, who's this guy, you know? But when she sat down, they had this amazing conversation. He had this mind like a jar full of bees. It was just ding, ding, ding. And she had a similar mind. They had this immediate connection intellectually. He had, He's like, oh, will you review my book? And she's like, sure, whatever, I'll do it, you know? And and I really want to borrow some of your books because he couldn't get to banned books. So a lot of like Tess of the D'Urbervilles was banned at the time. She He wanted to be able to read those. So he's like, can I borrow them? She's like, sure, come by sometime. And so they scheduled to have him come by. And so they immediately had this connection. They had all these plans in the, you know, the go horseback riding, which Jack didn't know how to do. And so she was going to teach him how to ride. But he, out of the blue, decided to get married. And he married Bess Mattern out of like this commitment towards being a writer, getting a schedule. You know, he thought they would make very nice children together. And so Charmian was like, that's weird, whatever, you know. But something between their relationship really sparked something in her. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to go travel the world. She went around Europe and started writing about her travels, which is something that she had always wanted to do. Like since she was a child, she had dreamed of traveling the world and writing about it. So when she gets back to the Bay Area from her travels, she's a changed woman. She goes back to working as a stenographer and she gets invited to Jack Lennon's house. And you're listening to Irish Jamal Dunkel tell the story of Charmian Kittridge London. And when we come back, more of this story, a story of a time period, a story of, well, what it was like to be a woman in the late 19th century and early 20th century. More of this remarkable story here on Our American Story. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. 
Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we return to Our American Stories, and we've been listening to Irish Jamal Dunkel share the story of her book, Charmian Kittredge, London, Trailblazer, Author, Adventurer. Dunkel's book is the first full-length biography on Charmian, who was Jack London's second wife. Her story has been told inaccurately for years and mostly forgotten. We left off after Jack had decided to marry someone else. Rather than let that get her down, Charmian began traveling, and upon her return, she was invited to London's house. Back to Irish Jamal Dunkel. That's where all of the artists are going for parties. She challenges Jack to a fencing match. He was like, oh yeah, okay lady, let's do this, you know? I'll, she'll just let me win. But little did he know, A, Charmian had studied fencing at Mills College. B, she was not gonna just let him win. She was very athletic. And so she went and kicked his butt and he was so shocked, he ran over and kissed her on the lips. Granted, Jack London had two small babies at home <laughs> and he was married. They didn't immediately have an affair, right? They had that kiss. She kept going to the parties. They were in the same social circle. So they were always coming across each other and doing activities together. But slowly they started to have that connection that they had felt build into this romance that just caught on fire. They were so over the top in love. Their love letters are just 
ridiculous in their in their sappiness and sometimes I'd write to each other like three four times a day and they she'd be like I'm waiting by the mailbox for your letter but why they were so in love and why they called each other mate they found in each other this kind of mirror image of who they wanted and so I think that's why it ignited so fast Meanwhile, Jack's married. He has to kind of sneak around until he finally tells his wife that he wants to be separated. And this, of course, causes a huge ruckus in because he's a celebrity at this point. He's written Call of the Wild. He filed for, for divorce in California law at that time. You had to wait a year before you could get married. And so, you know, they, they started, it was really troubling for Jack. He actually finally morally, morally was dealing with the fact that he was leaving his young family, right? and feeling bad, but he still did it. They got married the day that the divorce went through instead of waiting for this planned ceremony. And that was kind of like how it was gonna be with Jack going forward. And off they were on their honeymoon. They went to Jamaica and Cuba and began their explorations and writing about them. When they came back to the Bay Area to start their married life together, the itch to travel got the better of them. And they started planning a boat trip on a small yacht called the Snark. After some delays, in 1907, they finally set sail on the Snark. This is when Charmian began logging their journey. Throughout all their trips, they were being followed by reporters, and stories were being written about their adventures. They did all kinds of crazy adventures um, on the Snark, including when they're in Hawaii. They both learned how to surf. Um, and what's notable is how Jack would record these, these adventures and his writing about the trip called The Cruise of the Snark as if he were the only one doing these things. In reality, Charmian is also there surfing on a 75-pound wooden surfboard with him in, in Waikiki, but it sold more copies to have just Jack London do it, and so that's why he recorded it that way. And you see that throughout their adventures. So they travel from Hawaii to the Marquesian Islands, to Tahiti, and then on to Bora Bora and beyond to the Solomon Islands. They, and they'd plan to continue on, but while they're on this adventure, Jack gets sick. They both develop yaws, which is a, a disease that you get in the South Seas where you get these wounds on your arms that are as big as, as baseballs. Jack became very, very ill, and so they had to leave the Solomon Islands and travel to Australia so he could have surgery and recover, but unfortunately, it was something that Jack couldn't recover from and they had to end their trip. And Charmian was devastated. This was probably the most important journey of her life, she felt like. And so when they when they had to end the trip, she she sobbed. She was so sad. When they got back from their journey, Charmian soon found out she was pregnant. In May of 1910, she started to get ready to give birth. She went into labor and they had been told everything was normal. But very soon into labor, they realized that everything was not normal. Charmian weighed maybe 115 pounds, and her baby weighed over nine pounds. And she was having a very difficult labor. The doctor ended up having to use forceps. And because of that, he broke, she later called her baby Joy Baby. The doctor broke Joy's neck. What makes it worse is that while she was delivering Joy, her placenta didn't deliver. And so she was um, bleeding out on the table and had to be rushed into immediate surgery. And so it turned out that she never got to see her child in the 38 hours that she survived. So it was a really, really sad time for Charmian. She was not only physically damaged by the birth, what happened from the surgery she had 
directly after giving birth was scar. Uh, it was a terrible job and she ended up with terrible scar tissue. And so she was unbeknownst to her, she was not going to ever be able to carry a child to term. After the terrible loss of her baby, they went back to their adventures. And Jack began research for his novel, The Valley of the Moon. And by this time, Charmaine is a real integral part of their collaboration team. Um, she's taking notes. She's giving her own perspective. And what, what happens is Jack actually starts inc incorporating some of her actual text into the novel. And so she makes note of this in her diary as he's composing it. And so we have proof of her collaboration with Jack on the actual text. And what's really interesting is in this novel that Jack writes based on her interaction and collaboration, we see one of the first kind of real like women, Saxon, the protagonist from the Valley of the Moon, really seems like a real woman. And her experiences like losing her child seem really vivid and real. And the reason why is because Jack was actually talking to Charmian directly about that. And she was able to give him direct feedback. After going on this journey, they decide to head to New York. They want to go on passage on the Dirigo, which is a three-masted ship that they want to take around Cape Horn to Seattle. So when they get back from their journey on the Dirigo, he ends up having an appendicitis. And when he goes in for surgery, his doctor realizes that his kidneys are in really bad shape. And he says, you know, you've got to change this behavior or you're going to die. You know, this is... This is not good. Your kidneys are failing. Little did he know that what was causing that kidney failure partially was the fact that while they were on the snark, when they were experiencing the sores, they would rub mercury ointment on their sores. And because of that, obviously mercury is not good for your kidneys. So that's what was making him so ill. In the months that follow, he gets worse and worse. And finally, that November, one night, he comes into Charmian's sleeping porch, came in and, you know, told her how much he loved her and said he was going to go read. And he, she looked over a few hours later and he was slumped over and she thought he'd just fallen asleep while I was reading. Well, the next morning, Eliza rushes in, wakes her up and says, something's wrong with Jack. And so she rushes over and finds him in a coma and it's a coma he never wakes up from. They call the doctors, they do everything, but meanwhile, Jack does not wake up and he passes away. And Charmian is devastated. And all of a sudden, Charmian was left with this giant ranch that they had accumulated. All of these pending writings, you know, Jack had like a story in the typewriter that day, right? Um, he had no intention of dying. And so she was left with all of this, all of these loose ends to carry on. But at the same time, she was also left with the freedom to approach her life in her own way and not have to, you know, take care of Jack London. And so she was really of two minds. She was like, I'm free, but I'm also devastated. Charmian began to write seriously, but she goes back to the ranch and becomes totally committed to creating this biography. She works really hard, writes a two volume biography, and it becomes this massive project. It does get a good reception, but it's not great. She really is left with this idea of wanting to find the right biographer for Jack, which eventually will lead her to Irving Stone, which of course will lead to 
her not being remembered correctly for many years to come. Before she meets Irving Stone, so many wonderful things happen. She travels the world speaking to sometimes gatherings of 23,000 people. She spends a lot of time in Europe and is very popular. She publishes two books about Hawaii, our Hawaii, and our Hawaii islands and islanders, giving her a total of four books. She continues to publish articles and really is a celebrity in her own right. She wasn't afraid to be who she was in order to live an independent life. And a special thanks to Irish Jamal Dunkel for her story and sharing her book, Charmian Kittredge London, Trailblazer, Author, Adventurer. The story of Charmian Kittredge London, here on Our American Stories. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.